Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. A camel no. It's episode 22 of the Fighting Cock Podcast. Today I'm joined by Colonius Filth and John Bass. How you doing, boys? Good. Good. You fucking better be good. 
Spurs are back. We're back. We we are back, aren't we? We we're back, are we? T, are we back? We're back for now. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? I still want Nuno dead, but I'm happy. We won a game. We won well. <laughs> are you saying this is a you know you you you've you've sort of put your stake in the ground and you're gonna die on this hill, or, or do you genuinely think that he's not the man for the job? I'll tell you what. This podcast provides something for people, and I'm not going to let my feelings derail what you've worked so hard to build. So, <laughs> we have. We, bore, we've, not, we've worked hard to build, not, not me. I'm not going to bore the millions of listeners by keeping on to this um, Nuno um, agenda. But no, you're right. It was lovely to win yesterday. Um, I think when they scored in the opening minute, we did have a few concerns. But no, it was lovely to win. A lovely win. It was a great performance as well, wasn't it? I, I, that, that, that's the thing. Is I, I, I put a tweet out, and I mentioned this on the Five Statements podcast that we produce on Patreon after the game, uh, like an immediate reaction to a result. And I put it out there that uh, on, on Twitter that that was probably the best performance from a Spurs side that we've had since peak Pochettino Tottenham. And that includes beating you know, Man United away from home and... Um, you know, the the you know, beating Leicester away at the end of the season, you know, all, all the really special results we had. I, I felt like the nature of this performance was really something that we could hold on to. There's a lot of meat in this result. I thought, I, I, I it was it it wasn't just about using our talents and and, and relying on Harry Kane and relying on Son. Both had decent games, weren't incredible, but the rest of the team was fantastic and incredible and it just felt like there was something there do you, do, you, do you understand what i'm getting at john yeah i mean i think what i how i measure my enjoyment of games these days is by how much i want to pick up my phone or how much i have my phone in my hand and i found myself in this game with my phone face down just enjoying it um and actually just yeah wanting to watch the game because actually the entertainment level was there and We've had we had moments in that game where the quality still wasn't there, and there were still a few bits to click. And I think, like on another day, we we end up walloping them like five or six when we're when we're fully firing. So I still think there's more to come. But it was just nice to be entertained, mate. And that's that's half the battle I think Nuno's got is like we just want it to be exciting again. And it was it was wasn't it? Mm. It was it was it exciting, was. And, and, and it was there was an, an element of, of control about it. It weren't us having to be sort of pragmatically defensive in order to remain you know remain in the game it was actually progressive it was exciting it was um there was intent there that's that's what i like that's what i enjoyed about it and and there are people out there and i I get it and i i agree the fact that newcastle are garbage like if if they if (laughs) if they if they hadn't had this massive buyout and 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 have got new owners then they would be down 100%. They're defensively horrible. In midfield, you know, the defensive aspect of the game in, in midfield, horrible. But we didn't give them a chance. We, 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 had a, we had our fucking foot on their throat and said, it, we don't give a shit how shit you are. We're going to make you look shitter. And that's what if... Like, Newcastle might be shit, but we made them look the worst versions of, of themselves, I think. Is that fair to say to you? Uh, I suppose. I mean, they were really, really bad. But I think this election's um, definitely paid off. 
and they were skipping all behind and Dombele, and we had a blinder. And everything, everything came off yesterday, and um, no long-term conclusions can really be drawn from, from the game, but as I said, it's just lovely to just watch and be a bit relaxed about the win. I mean, 3-2, I mean, it wasn't a 3-2 game at all. No. Just um, an, error, an error from Eric Dyer, but um, no, it's... Um, I think the signs have been there since. The, I think the Arsenal game was the was a tipping point, and it was a catalyst. I think Carlson um, five statements. I think that game showed Nuno what you know what he has to do here at Spurs. And since then, they've been they've been good. Is 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 it a real thing to suggest that um, Nuno might have reacted to the fans' reaction to us playing pretty poor football, or is it about Nuno being in the job? For a very short amount of time, you know, and, and he what is he seven games in eight games eight games into his Premier League career at Tottenham, is it unfair to think that? But we we've won five out of our eight eight games five wins out of eight. I know we lost the other three, but five wins in eight for a, for a manager who has come into the the, the the side and needs to pass on his ideas to the players. For him to achieve that result is significant. Like, I know there are fans out there, and, I, and I, I, I can't say I'm convinced by Nuno either, but if Villa and, uh, and Newcastle are any, anything to go by, and we are willing to play that way, it, can, can Nuno be given the benefit of the doubt? You know, what else? What other options do we have, John? The thing is, mate, to, to answer like your first question around, is this fans feelings like transcending into his decision making or is this a case of like it's early days and maybe he's learned the squad like maybe it's somewhere in between because at the start of the season we were playing a certain way and he had three straight wins so like you're not going to you're not going to change that you're going to go okay this is working and then you've seen poor performances poor results and he's had to adapt and to be honest that that is much more uh encouraging than someone that just has a way of winning, but you see that it's going in one direction and one direction only, and they're unwilling to change, which is kind of what we saw with Jose, wasn't it? Where yeah. he basically was like, no, this is the way we're playing, that's it. And so I'm, I've been more encouraged by the fact that he has been prepared to change. I, I don't personally see that as a weakness. I see that as a strength where he's actually looked at it and gone, yeah, like we can't, it's going to be too toxic to play this way. And also it's not working. So like there's a, a requirement for the change. So fundamentally, I think with all these things, and I know we talk about it, and I'm sure next week, if we lose, are we on here yeah. blaming him and going mental? Just the way it works. 100%. But fun- fundamentally, some things don't change, which is like, he does need time. And when you say it there, like, no, he's got five in eight. I'm like, he's only got eight games. And he's been in, he's been out, he's been the best. T wants him dead. Like, <laughs> it's it, like football has made us all, especially like uh, these days, football's become so. Uh, so quickly changeable, dependent on a result or even a performance now, that what used to be like six months is six games. And so like, I just, I am just trying to, for myself, I'm just trying to be really mindful of the limited time he has actually had with the players. And as time goes on, uh, we're now trending in the right direction. So as long as that continues, we've got to give him, we've got to give him the benefit of the doubt. Like he is, it is decent. Um, in terms of where we are positionally, and this, the performance has been worrying, but we are only four points off top. Is that right? So we're there or thereabouts. Is that so what it is? Can, Maybe we can, the so. league is on. So. The league is on. Why, the league's on. Why can't we believe? Let's believe in the, like, the Spurs. <laughs> like, I mean, obviously, we're not even going to 
finish anywhere near the top four. But at this moment, the league this is moment. on. League's on, mate. The league is, is that on. true? Is that true? Four points I, off. I, yeah. I think it's four points off top. Yeah. Negative goal difference as well. We, we don't. And we haven't drawn a single game either. Why, so, why, why are you? And is on. Why? Yeah, but yeah. yeah. But when you say negative goal difference, that's focusing on something really negative. Say something positive no. right now. That, that is positive. That is positive. It isn't because the negative the, the goal difference generally sh- shows you where you're ending up if you're over like in the same way that XG tells you if you're underperforming or overperforming. Yeah, the negative goal difference is a, a, an issue. It is that 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 period in September T where it was the worst month I think we've ever had. Maybe certainly in the last in, in the Premier League era, as far as I can remember, where it was just terrible. We had three league games. We lost to Chelsea three 0 We lost to Arsenal three one, and we lost to Palace. Was it three 0 Yeah, that's three 0 Yeah, yeah, three. That's horrendous, terrible. But, but is it an anomaly? Is it is it something that we can? Is it an? It, was that just a mental month, and we and we can potentially build from this point? It's it's very difficult to see what par is because um yeah that's a great you know we're, we're 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 above Man U we're above West Ham. Um, you know, everyone's raving on about Brentford, but they're ninth. Um, Leicester, who people thought would be in the top four this year, are 11th. First win in ages against Man United. So it's difficult to know where, you know, where, where Par is. And um, as I said, we're, we're fifth with, and we're still not even that great. So it's a, it's a good time, but it's early days yet. Indeed. Um, let, let's talk about Harry Kane. He's got his first league game, a league goal um, for Spurs this season. I think it's his tenth for the season. If I'm, I might be wrong, which is mad because apparently he hates us and he, he wants out. Uh, but he scored ten goals, and uh, you know they were against school children. Like nine of them were against school children. To be fair, but wh- wh- where are you at with Harry Kane? Because I put out a, a tweet just before we started recording, saying like, wh- like where, how do people feel about him now? Because he scored the goal. Um, you know, it was offside, VAR returned it and, you know, gave the goal to Harry Kane. And what I've, like, like and I've said multiple times, I've got a big issue with Harry Kane. I, I really struggle just to enjoy him now, but just to even in a Spurs shirt, just to really talk about him and, and, and really enjoy what he can bring to the team because of his actions in the summer. But when he scored the goal or when it, when it was given to him, Reaction from the players was incredible. It reminded me of when when he scored a goal against Man City when we beat him four one. When he hadn't scored a goal for four games and people were doubting him, like mentally they were doubting him, and 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 they were doubting him again this 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 season. And he scored the goal, it was a fantastic goal. Um, yeah, like, it, it, uh, well, how do you feel based on that? reaction to him that there is no issue behind the scene I, I would take that as there was there's no issue that the players don't have any issue with what Harry Kane did in the summer or what he didn't do or whatever the reality is they loved the fact that he scored that goal and they were all over him so what where, where are you at John with with Harry Kane so I mean first of all you and uh, you and Cal did an excellent bit on this on the um on the Patreon pod after the game uh, and Cal kind of summed up my feelings quite well, which is that it'll never be the same. And there's always going to be that kind of twinge of a goal goes in, it's Harry Kane. It just brings all the memories back and you're happy. And then, then you go, well, maybe, maybe not. And and how I kind of liken it to is if you've ever been on like a lad's holiday or 
like a stag do or something and it's like the first day when everyone's got a hangover right and everyone's proper ratty with each other and your mate's done something the night before like he's booted you over and smashed your watch or smashed your phone and you're proper pissed off with him and all morning you've just given him daggers even if he's like buying your breakfast or like you know bringing your tea in bed in the morning because he feels bad <laughs> you just you're just not letting him off the hook you're just really fucking livid but then all day he's just saying really funny stuff and you want to laugh because you know it's funny <laughs> Right, but he's taking every bit of you to hold it in, so you don't want to give him the satisfaction, and you you don't want to let him back in the door that <laughs> easy. That is great. That's a great. This is exactly what it's like, right? Every time he's getting the ball, and he did something mustard. I was going, "Oh, Kane, stop that!" And then I was like, "No, fuck you, mate!" <laughs> <laughs> right, just hissing at the TV. At what, at what point did you did you like on this lad's holiday analogy? Yeah, a metaphor. Yeah. What 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 point do you let let the guy back in? I, I think it's the, when he lobbed so, the keeper. When he loved the keeper. Um, no, I mean, I'm still, I'm still, I reckon I'm around lunchtime still with Kane. I think yeah. uh, when we get into the sort of the second actual night out and he gets a big round in and he comes over and says, sorry. So we're probably a good couple of, get, we're like a big goal against a big team away from home or at home to win us a game. A goal against Arsenal, goal against, you know, City or United or something like that that wins us a game. Then, then I think it comes to the realms of like getting back into the good books. But I, I Personally, I, I, I don't think it will ever probably be the same. If I mean, it certainly wouldn't be the same if he'd have just continued playing for us and never mentioned leaving. Um, that would have just been unrivaled love for him. It will always be slightly different, but there will be a point when it won't be the first thing I think of when he does something positive, which is a shame, really, isn't it? But that's where we're at. Uh, Tio, before I get your take, I just want to read some of the responses to this tweet out that I put. It says, where are you at with Harry Kane? Scored in the Premier League and a great reaction from the teammates when he bagged. How do you feel though? And people responded with Luke. He says, love him. And that hasn't changed all summer. He's earned our respect. And he, uh, with all that he's given for, for us, I believe his blip in form was due more to his sadness at losing the Euros than the transfer saga. He spurs through and through. Twitter and the media won't change that. Tim Sullivan said, if he's truly a fan of a player like Tr- Tom Brady, who's, uh, I don't know much about him, but there's comp- the, the comparisons between Kane and, and Tom Brady, and maybe T, you can shed some light on that. Uh, he should uh, realise earning trophies rather than buying trophies means more. Biggest difference between Kane and Brady is that Brady turns up in the big games and wins. Kane has countless opportunities and hasn't. And uh, finally, from Gareth Davies, he says, happy he's finding form. Happy teammates are behind him and shows team cohesion. He's just another, albeit good player. I find it hard to get any more excited about him scoring now than I do any other player. Just be, just, just doesn't feel the same anymore, sadly. T. Oh. <laughs> As I'm reading... <laughs> you know, T, you know what I'm about to say, don't you? I do, yeah. I was waiting for the read <laughs> I didn't read it before just... <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, I, so I'm scrolling down, reading these these messages, and uh, I just noticed Felonius there on on Twitter, and, and your single word to that was cunt. <laughs> <laughs> I love you so much. I love you so much. Um, is, mean, that, is that where you're at? Um, probably a little bit of an exaggerated version of who I am. I think. Um, <laughs> I think the players realise that they need Kane to play well to for us to get anywhere this season. Um, you know, it's obviously a team team effort, and there seems to be quite a good camaraderie around the squad. So, they're only going to turn their back on him 
for for what he did. I mean, it's the same with um, Menendez Dombele's squad. He the player celebrated with him, although he wanted to leave, and all these rumours about his attitude. So I think from a team point of view, they still they still love the guy. As for me, I think it's just been a bit tarnished. I mean, I think a few people made the analogy of um, your missus cheating on you. She still makes you a slap bang meal, but you're still thinking of the other bloke railing her. <laughs> and that's why it feels a bit like with Kane. It just feels, you know, a bit of a dirty taste. But um, it is, it is Harry Kane doing reverse cowboy on Man City's cock. Absolutely, <laughs> all fucking doing, all, all spinning around on it as well, bastard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never did that with me. Bastard, but... bastard. <laughs> can I can I give but, you go go on, go on to, sorry finish uh, but no I think um no, I think I think in terms of a stock with the fans I think the fans that go to games won't boo him but I think the overall feeling is that you know the back of our minds is what he did in the summer if he bags if he if he if he scores a brace against West Ham it's time to let our egos go just just let's just enjoy it doesn't matter what happens next summer doesn't matter what he's done he need uh, as as had a little bit there, uh, as John, <laughs> as John just said, it's all class. This show, yeah. As John, as John said, if he if he bags against uh, like a, a significant team or a significant fixture or a couple, then mm. we can just start to forget about it. And that and that's you know it's, it's shameful, really, to a certain degree as a Spurs fan because you think my dignity has been affronted because Harry Kane said that he's too good for Spurs. Fundamentally, is what what happened during the summer but we just want instant we want instant gratification don't we that's the way the world yeah. is now and uh if if hurricane does it against leeds if he does it against uh, if he scores a goal against leeds a goal against west ham a goal against manchester united we won't be having a conversation about what he did in the past we won't um before we move on from hurricane uh up to joe which is uh everyone knows what it is it's like a stats account for premier league football um, this is a, 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 a away goal scored by a player in the Premier League, Premier League era. Uh, 88 Harry Kane has scored 88 goals in 128 away games in the Premier League. Now the outright second most of any player. And that might not mean much to most people. Like, on, like scoring away goals, what does it mean? doesn't matter. But when you look at the list, the top is uh, Wayne Rooney. He scored 94 in 243 Alan Shearer scored 87 in 219. Frank Lampard scored 85 in 305 games. And Andy Cole scored 83 in 206 games. Harry Kane is 88 in 128 games. Jesus. There isn't... All of those players were incredible. And they are incredible. And and, and Alan Shearer sort of sticks out because of... That's the sort of... That's the... That's the record that Harry Kane needs to be the top goal scorer in Premier League history, and he he's reached eighty-seven in uh, sorry he's reached eighty-eight in one hundred twenty-eight games. Alan Shearer took two hundred nineteen games. You know, that's like ninety less, more or less, to, to get eighty-seven. Crazy. It's crazy. It's mad. It's mad. It's mad. That he, yeah, I mean, when you read stuff like that, you realise why he wants to go to Man City. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the thing the thing is though, what I'd say about the whole Kane thing, like, I know I know we've been digging him out and and like wanting to boo and hiss him and and call him a cunt and all that shit. The thing is, right, football fans and Spurs fans particularly, we all have to put up with so much shit. We have to get put up with being called fucking clients or whatever the fucking club calls us and 
deal with all the other shit of getting mugged off with fans. If we want to change our mind about a player next week and love him again, I think we, we they should let that slide. Like, I don't think people should hold that above us. And also, who gives a fuck what other clubs think? Like, regardless of whether we love Kane or hate him, they'll always find a way to belittle that either way. So, if he starts scoring loads of goals and everyone's like, oh, I fucking love Kane again, who gives a shit? Like, do you know how many fucking horrible players that other clubs absolutely adore and they don't get anywhere near as much stick? Like, think think about it for a minute. Luis Suarez didn't just, like, make a faux pas. He literally committed a racial attack. Didn't deny it. Caught on camera. <laughs> and Liverpool Football Club made T-shirts supporting him. And there were masks and in the stand as well. Never, and they never get stick about it. Never. So if we suddenly next week all decide, fuck <laughs> it, I'm back in on Harry Kane, we should feel absolutely zero guilt about that. Zero. Mm. The I thing talk- is, his total goal is um, 167. So that's almost half the goals are away, which is just ridiculous. That's mad, 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 mad. I mean, uh, it, it's, not a, it's not an interesting conversation to talk about how good Harry Kane is. <laughs> but... Nice. We, we will never experience... We will never have a striker as good as him. In, our, in all of our lives, anyone listening to this, your children will never see a striker as good as Harry Kane is. That's probably fair. I don't think the Premier League, if he beats Alan Shearer's record, the Premier League won't see a better striker. Unless some mental sort of mutant is born. <laughs> well, like an English Harland, basically. It's made in a lab. Yeah. Yeah, just like it just made in a lab. They've they've pumped him full of stem cells and all kinds of good shit. They won't get anywhere near as good as Harry Kane is. It's just mad. He's he, he is so good, and that's why it's so difficult to look at his face because mm. um, just want to punch it. <laughs> uh, I don't actually want to punch Harry Kane. I just, I mean, he could have me, couldn't he? Probably, probably not. Could he have me? I reckon he could. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Just it just outlast you, wouldn't he? It just like he's just got the stamina there, mate. Like, I think if you've got a good good first hit in, you might be all right. But if you don't, I think he's going to outlast you. I don't know. I think he'd just dig me straight out and knock me out within like four <laughs> seconds. Like master but, butter bean, just bosh. Yeah, like a uh, like um, Conor McGregor versus Aldo, just fucking done within ten seconds. Yeah. Your life's over. Uh, anyway, exactly. uh, I, I, I want. <laughs> What'd you say? Exactly. Exactly. All right. All right. That would happen. Um, oh, we got. We got to talk about Oliver Skip because he's he's coming to some criticism on the Fighting Cod podcast. What do we call him? Right. Rice lips finest. Um, yes. Yeah. He's, he's <laughs> he serves up every reprobate from every pub in Rice Lip. Anyone who needs gear at four a.m. in the morning, Oliver Skip is on call. I will deliver the goods. But we need to recognise how good a player we might have on our hands. Is it too early to, to start really rating him? Or yes. do... Okay, go on, T. Only Newcastle, man. I mean, he's got lots and lots of potential. And mm. um, I think he'd be at Spurs for a long time. I mean, he is, I mean, he's been rated quite highly, not just by our fans, but by his fellow players. I mean, um, uh, he's part of that generation, you know, with um, you know Sancho and Foden. Obviously, he's not on Foden's level, but... It's the same generation of players who, you know, almost the golden generation of English players and um, Skip is part of that. And you know, there were doubts that he would even 
do well in the Premier League. He had a good season with um, Norwich. I think it was a very good move to loan him out. And they gave him experience of being in the starting lineup, and he's he's um he's come in and done quite well for Spurs so far this season. It's just right, that, um... let, let me ask you another question, T. Sorry, oh, mate, to cut you. Um, is he is he above the level right now that you thought he would be? He's about par, I'd say. Wow, so you had high expectations of him because I thought he was garbage. <laughs> nah, I don't think he's garbage. I think he's he's just a very competent footballer. Um, it's just that um, Nino has to solve the conundrum of him and Hoybier. Does he play both of them? Is both they're, of them too pragmatic? or They're fine together, right? Yes and no, but not against every... Not, against, not every week. Okay, so what are you saying? So, so, so against lesser opposition, inverted commas, that you don't need both of them, but against... No, you, don't need, you don't need both of them. Maybe one of them and Dombele or Lo Celso will, will do the job, but... I mean, he's another one that's come through our ranks. He's probably the first one in a while. I mean, I think Harry Winks was the last one. Does Tanganga count? Yeah, really? yeah, he um, counts. I think he counts. And it's been a bit of a because initially there were loads of players coming through the ranks, and now it's been a bit of a slower drip feed. And um, I think there were high expectations of Skip, and yeah, he's shown he can definitely hang in the Premier League. He just needs to kind of. I think Nuno's got a decision to make long term. And it's not it's not the worst thing in the world to have uh, Hoybier and Skip or, or maybe actually I I I don't agree with, with what you just said. I, I feel like um, Skip and Hoybier give license to Lacelso or Ndombele to be the players that they they need to be or they they have the ability to be. Like I get it, it is a little bit sort of you know defensive minded, but. Together, they, they and, and they are. You look at um, Skip's passing stats, like especially like how direct he, he he can be and how direct he was against Newcastle. And I know that they gave us opportunities to be that way, but he is for for a defensive midfielder. He is more direct than say Harry Winks, who just passes sideways. Like, do you rate him above Harry Winks? I know Harry. I mean, I, I fucking hate Winks. So yes, I do rate him above Winks. <laughs> He's proper grumpy today. What He's like fucking one Nuno dead, Kane's a cunt, and fucking Winks is shit. And Just and skip, skips about as good as I thought he was going to be. Yeah. <laughs> All right, go on, in, John. What, what do you what do you make of uh, um, Skip? Well, so my thing is a little bit like what we were speaking about Nuno earlier, which is like in football media and like football <laughs> conversations now. You, you have to be. You can't. You can't wait and see. You've got to make a call on a player when they're like 18, 19, 20 and go. Are they going to be world class? Go on, give us an answer. You've got to go, nah, fucking shit, the worst player I've ever seen. Or, yeah, he's going to be the new Busquets. Like, I think he looks good. Right now he's playing great. Right now he's, I, I, I think personally, because of the way he plays and his performance and stuff, he's one of the first names on the team sheet. 100%. Becoming, becoming really important for the way we've played. And when he hasn't played, we've fallen apart. Um, is he going to be world class? Is he going to be unbelievable? I don't know. Like, he's got... He's got the talent there. Doesn't um, have to be world class though, does he? He doesn't have to be well, world class. No, he needs to I, be top Premier League level. I Someone... guess what I'm saying is like it's hard to it's hard to say like is a player mustard because you can have great form and it can be temporary, like people always talk about, and class is permanent. The thing is we haven't seen enough of him to know which one it is yet. So that's why I'm always just with these type of players. I'm like, we don't we don't need to make a call. Like, let's just enjoy him playing well. If he plays well for the rest of the season, 
then yeah, we've got a really fucking good player that's going to like be a foundational part of our midfield and could potentially like be a building block for the future future Spurs in terms of our midfield. If he just meanders through the rest of the season, has a couple of good games here and there, maybe he's not. But it doesn't really matter now because he's playing well. So let's just enjoy that. Um, in terms of how he plays, I, I think I said maybe it was on one of the Patreon pods, but he gets a lot of comparisons with like Tom Carroll and Harry Winks because he's like diminutive. He's like a central midfielder who wants to like get it and pass it. But I think the main difference between those other two players and Skip is he just does all of the all of the things you need in a midfielder much better than they do. Like his his range of passing is much better. His forward passes are much more aggressive. Like he is prepared to play balls through the line. If you watch him when he's like um, receiving the ball, the way he like just pop, looks over his shoulder and just scans the pitch just to make sure like he's got an option, which gives him so much more time when he then turns and he can find a pass. Whereas if you watch Winks do the same thing. He'll only turn one way, the way that he can see, so that he doesn't have to like run into trouble. And it's just so limiting. Winks gets back and defends much better. He's so much like yesterday. He made two or three, just driving back, nicks the ball, slides in, just nicks the ball away from like the attack, and just breaks things up. And we're on, we're on the counter attack. I just think he's based on his performances so far. His ceiling is really high, and he's very exciting to me. So I just hope it continues. Well, if, if, that's, if, a, that's a good point you made there, John. By the way, that you compared him to Winks and Cowell, and um, the other two players are very, very passive. They don't seem mm. to play the game by the scruff of the neck. And I feel Skip does that. Skip's a lot more kind of yeah. um, proactive, more than reactive. And that's what I liked about him. There's a stat from yesterday actually that um, Tottenham's midfield partnership misplaced us one of their 65 passes in the first half. So. OBA only missed one pass. Skip made had 100% pass completion in the first half. So that just shows how effective they are as, as a partnership. I just think it might be a bit pragmatic against some teams. No, that's, that, that's fair enough. But just going back to Skip as an, in, an, an individual, if he if he can play 7 out of 10, and eight, and I, think, I, I felt this, his performance yesterday was a 9 out of 10. But if he can deliver 7 out of 10 week in, week out, that is... Fifty million pounds worth of footballer, like to get another footballer in who can do what that what what Skip could potentially do through this season and the next few, then you got to pay a lot of money to 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 to, to, to get that quality. And I feel like if he can continue this trajectory that he's on, then we've saved ourselves a huge amount of money. And it's just because his name's Oliver Skip and he's from Ryslip and he serves up on a Saturday night <laughs> that, he, that we don't give him the, the plaudits and, and, and like, like, you know, it's early days. It really is. But the player that I saw against Crystal Palace, I think Pochettino's last few games, um, he's a different beast completely. And he just seems to be enjoying himself. I was just, I was interested because he's, he's trending currently on Twitter and <laughs> it's mainly about him as he was walking off when, you know the incident in the sand where the the guy had an issue uh you know there was cpr and you know the stoppage everyone knows the the narrative around why players were walking off there but the uh oliver skip was having a conversation with a referee and he he looked to smirk and um this footage is being circulated on on social media currently and newcastle fans are digging him out Oh, just on Oliver Skip, really quickly. Don't you think that? And I know that we said we're not going to dig him out, but I just can't help it. He reminds me of like the guy at sixth form or like at school who would always be the one where you know you ask these like stupid questions, like 
how many sandwiches, like, do you reckon, what's the maximum amount of sandwiches you could eat in a 24-hour period, right? And people John, would, like, this is your life. This is your life. That's not normal. Yeah. This is yeah, your yeah. life. How many sandwiches have you yeah. put in your mouth in one sitting? Oh, well, in one sitting or one day? It's a different thing. All right, one sitting. Both, both, both things intrigue me. So I think once before, when I was about 12, I think I had probably like six bacon sandwiches. Oh so what's that? You, that? Two bits of bread is a sandwich. So <laughs> 12, a lot. 12, 12 bits of bread. Yeah, How many rashes of bacon have you had in that, in, in that sandwich? Well, you've probably got, you've got a minimum three, of three. three probably, yeah. yeah, probably three to four, I'd say. Just so don't, don't, so you have six, on the bacon. six sandwiches, that's 21 rashes. Is that right? Six, 18, no, no, more. How many rashes of bacon? Three, three in a sandwich, and you've had how many? How many six? Yeah. So six, twelve, eighteen rashes of bacon, and twelve. Yeah. <laughs> it's bread, a double butter, butter on both sides, isn't it? Double, double butter. <laughs> yeah. You, you, in your family, you and your uncle have got like a game you play, don't you? Where you can, who can eat the most Weetabix? Is that right? Have I butchered it? No, no, that's, that's, it's not necessarily a game. Basically, I remember, this wasn't the same weekend, but I had another like football tournament or rugby tournament or something like that. And I was just smashing through Weetabix and we had a pack of 12 there and I'd got to like 10 and my mum goes, oh, you know, your uncle once did two packets of those, 24 Weetabix. I went, have we got another packet in the cupboard? She went, yeah, I went, all right, I'm going to fucking smash his record then. <laughs> right, now this is a true story because me and Flav, I went down to visit Flav and we had a great night out. We absolutely smashed up. We're in a kebab shop at 3 a.m. And I told him this story and he didn't believe me. So I, I text my mum at 3 a.m. going, Mum, I'm out like Gary, don't believe me. I had 24 Weetabix once. That's true. I didn't think anything of it. Woke up the next day, got a text at 11 a.m. going, sounds like you had a good night. Yes, that's true. You Love beat Rob. Uncle Rob, or whatever, or whatever his name was. Yeah, Uncle Simon. Yeah, so Uncle, Uncle Simon. <laughs> smashed him to bits. <laughs> that reminds me of names that I beat that are extinct, and I think that's got to be one of them. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Simon. What do you, what, what, yeah, what do you mean, Steve? Um, there's this um, ONS, I think it's the Office of National Statistics, of um, names that are kind of um, almost extinct, and the one that he mentioned was Nigel. Uh, Simon's got to be another one. <laughs> uh, uh, Alan is one. Alan is one, and so is Gary. Or we know yeah, this. Gary's definitely on the way out. But Al- Al- no one knows an Alan. No one knows an Alan who's under 35. Good point. It's a good, good point. point. I've not met one. Um, T, there, there is one player that we can all celebrate and uh, enjoy, and you can't shit on, and that is Ndombele. Yes. He's magic, yes. wasn't he? Absolutely magic. And I love him so fucking much. What annoys me, I mean, you know, people are going on about the attitude and all that bollocks. And... That's back in the day before when he, were, when he was refusing to play for us. That was when the attitude was an issue. Now, he's playing. He never refused to play, but he's glorious yesterday. And the players love him. And he's just, he's just coming to his own. And, you know, fair enough for us against Newcastle. But the goal he scored, the way in which he took that goal... I mean, obviously we've got Hume Min Son and Kane who are world-class finishers, but not many other players could really put that ball away like he did. And he just seems so happy. Remember the bit when he's in the corner? just tried to pin him in the oh, corner mate, and, he, and yeah. he made his way out. Just fucking glorious. And um, what's his name? Seb Stafford Bloor on Twitter says, um, I think he's watching the German commentary. He said the guy was actually giggling while he was commentating on him because he's just like taking the piss out of Newcastle. Just <laughs> lovely performance, lovely player. Loved it. 
there, there was those moments where Newcastle were pressing us into the corner. And, and Newcastle didn't do a lot good in that game, apart from the first five minutes. But there were moments where they were pushing and they were pressuring uh, our, our back line and our midfield to, 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 so that we could make mistakes. And the, the, there was it, the, the quality we had there. And this is what, why I was gassed about the, uh, about the performance is when, when it mattered, when things were on top, not, not the, the, the bits where it was easy to pass through their midfield and find a run of Son and, and Domblay, we did that many times. But when it mattered, when they were actually trying Newcastle, we we passed through them and we created opportunities, and it, it felt again. It was like when I was watching it in that moment. If you if you if you take away all of the all of the, the the narratives around the game, take them away and just look at what you're watching on the pitch. It felt a bit like Pochettino's Tottenham. Not the pressing so much, and there was some pressing. We we won the ball over and over again in midfield, and part of that could be to down to the massive in, uh, inadequacies in in the Newcastle side. But we in those moments, we showed unbelievable quality and, and we were fantastic. And, and Dombele was the catalyst for all of it. Like every time he got the ball, he thought, all right, let's go. Every single time. Like he is a special, special player. He really, really is. Um, I want to I ask you a question about the subs or lack thereof. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. as a fan when you're watching the game you're thinking you're looking at the clock it doesn't matter what's going on in the pitch we could be winning 5-0 we could be losing 3-1 we could be drawing one all. you're looking at the clock and you get six minutes and go we haven't made a sub something's up <laughs> so, so, Nuno is shit like, what, when's he going to make a sub and I, I, we put it in the WhatsApp groups like is he going to make a sub I haven't seen anyone work well up. maybe he ain't going to make one what, what was your, your position given the fact that we were controlling the game there didn't seem to be any issue should we have made subs T absolutely we had to make a sub because we've got about 6 or 7 games in about 13-14 days we've got Tess Arnhem we've got um, Burnley I think we've got another Conference League games. So why so, didn't even? What, 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 what do you think? Um, well, I guess he was happy with what the first 11 were doing. And, you know, I mean, okay, Romero and Royale played, you know, just came back from South America, so maybe they needed a rest. But I think we've got very congested fixture list coming up and they would have been nice to have rested some players. In the end, it was inconsequential because we won, but it did concern me. Maybe he's going to have completely different 11 against Vitesse Arnhem and on Thursday so maybe that's the thing and if that's not the case then it's not the best move to do uh, John? Yeah I kind of just second what he said at the end there which is like it kind of it will only be clear on whether or not it was a good or bad decision based on what he does against Vitesse because if if it is a completely different 11 then actually I'm kind of behind that because I feel like he might have settled on an 11 in which case it's like let's just play them just play that 11 and let's get them in a rhythm of playing with each other. And actually, like, there wasn't an obvious sub. Like, I didn't really... I think this, again, this end on ballet is done after 60 minutes thing is such a myth. I didn't think he looked tired yesterday at all. No, I think people just no, get that in their fine. head that he needs to get dragged at 70, 60 to 70 minutes. Like, why? He was fine yesterday. And so there wasn't anyone else that I was like, oh, he needs to come off. And sometimes you do see that in games. It's very obvious a player's tired, they misplace a couple of passes, but... It just, it, I didn't see it yesterday. So assuming that we go into Vitesse 
and everyone's fresh for that game and we go in putting a good result, then he's just got momentum and they'll actually be fine going into our, like, our next game. So I'm, I'm all right with that. Like I, I'm okay with it based on as, as things stand right now. And also, we were in, in quite a lot of control with a lot of possession. So from a physical endurance point of view, I guess that was less testing than maybe some other games we'll have this season where they will be asked to do a lot more running like without the ball, on, and on, that on, will take its time. On that, uh, we, we had a question from Josh. He, he said, uh, why did Nuno refuse to use any substitutes yesterday? Ndombele was different gravy, but we need to manage his game time and preserve, preserve his fitness. When he's in the team and performing like he, he, he does, it's the missing link. Yeah, but that goes both ways, doesn't it? If you don't play him enough, how's he going to build up the, the fitness? I mean, look, it's not like he's not 35. Like, he's not Pirlo. Like, he should be able to play every week. He should be able to play twice a week. Most players play twice a week. I think part of the reason he that can, he's like... He can play that. He could definitely, mate, he definitely can. And, like, most of this is to do with, with fitness, and fitness comes from playing games. So, uh, part part of, my, like, my thinking yesterday was, like, I wonder if he just wanted him to get 90 minutes just to psychologically be like, you can play 90 minutes, you're fine. Mm. Um, so, I, yeah, like, I wasn't too concerned about that. I don't think Endombele needs protecting. I don't think physically he's weak. I just think he needs to get fitness, and that comes with just playing relentlessly, and I think he will he will get that, and he'll be fine. Uh, T, uh, Chadwick asks, uh, did you know that John, J- John Joe Shelby was still playing? He, uh, when, when he, <laughs> before you answered, when he came on, I was thinking, this is a good good sub for him. It's a good sub for Newcastle. I, I really rate him. But and I, I didn't realise that he was on the yellow card when he, he took down Reguillon, when he went through. Uh, but but generally, uh, when, when he came on, I was a little bit worried. Like, was you? Did you have any issue with that? Or did you feel worried about John Joe Shelby coming on because he can spray the ball? I wasn't. I wasn't no. particularly worried. I didn't. I didn't know he was on the yellow. I, I knew that. I just think he's just. Um, he's he's clearly a gifted footballer, but there's just something missing that stops him from being better than Newcastle. His hair. <laughs> he's a goblin, isn't he? I'm not going to say a word because he has an ailment, which is why he looks the way he looks. Oh, shit. 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 I fucked it again. Track record. I didn't realise that. I didn't realise he was disabled, but... He's got alopecia. Is he not disabled? It's not not a disability. It's just a... It's a condition. He's got alopecia. So it's not nice oh. to mock him, but it's not he's not disabled. Oh right, so when whenever when, when the Villa fans were saying like singing Voldemort, about, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, Harry, so that, Harry that's Potter's all right. Yeah. That's all right. That's not right, it? is it? Well, I, I just I, I don't want to be cancelled for this. <laughs> I have no one ever cancel you. Yeah, yeah, you're uncancellable. <laughs> yeah. But um, but to answer the question, I wasn't that concerned when he came on. I think a lot of the worries I had was about Saint Maximan and um, Wilson and. After the first 15, 20 minutes when the game settled down, they were um, on, the, um, on the peripheries anyway. And Reguillon handled um, Sam Maximan quite well. So in the end, it was, uh, it was academic in the end. And he's I different gravy, that geezer, isn't he? So good. I don't think he's any better than Lucas Moura, St. Maximan, personally. Oh, wow. The thing is, is that the no, thing of Lucas is, Moura... He is, he is. The thing of, the thing of Lucas Moura yeah, is that if you put Lucas Moura on a mid-to-lower table Premier League team, he would look like an absolute god. I don't know. I, I, I've I, always thought that. I feel like about him, um, so Maximan and Zaha, put them on a top, top team. And, and, uh, and Troyer. Troyer as well. Yeah, Troyer is a bit like, um, 
It's a bit like you know in American football, they bring on they bring on a kicker to kick the ball. That's what he's like. Stab him on to just run at people, and um, and he's clearly a gifted footballer, Charles Ray. But you think on a if we if we could sign one T, if if it'd be Saint Maximin of the three. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, or or, or Traore or Zaha. Who who would you take? I sign um Saint Maximin, but so I, I thought that if Saint, if he misses a cross or if he loses possession or Spurs, we're gonna go fucking mental. But because they're at lower teams, they um they indulge they indulge those sort of uh, mercurial players, which is nice because I think football is missing mercurial footballers at the moment. And did you not shit yourself every time you got the ball? Eh? Yeah. Uh, what, what I'm saying is that if you've been to a Spurs game, you know what happens when our players lose a ball trying to over elaborate. Yeah, yeah. And he he might lose a bit of that, being in a better side, he might have to do that a lot less than he, he, he does. Off, so, he offers very little defensively, and and Mora d- does. And and Aaron Lennon, do you remember like, like Aaron Lennon was comparable, and yeah. uh, he offered something defensively. So Maximin, but... you know, what I think about um, Lucas Mora. You know, you got that guy in um, in your team who always remembers his kit. He's just moaning and figured, hoping that one day he forgets his kick because he's not that good. That's Lucas Moore for Tottenham. Never fucking injured. Never injured. It's like unbreakable Bruce Willis. That's that's Lucas Moura. He, uh, I feel like he needs more credit than you're giving him, T. No one deserves more credit, mate. <laughs> All right, fair enough. <laughs> no, look, but he's, he's got credit from, from, from the arts game. He's he's effective and I think Nuno likes him, so fair, so fair play. He, he His career is... is... He's done. More, he's doing better than I thought that he would. Like, do you remember back in like maybe three or four years ago? It might not be that long, but you were saying is is the Lucas Moura experiment over? Like, he's not good yeah. enough for Spurs, or it doesn't work for Spurs. But he he kind of does. It, it works, doesn't it? It, it? Currently, whatever we're doing, whatever like right now, he's he's playing well. The thing with Lucas Moura is that he doesn't crumble under pressure. Sometimes I wish Kane had a bit more of his mentality and that he just keeps going. You mentioned, I think, I don't know if you or John who said at the top of the show that Kane doesn't always show up at the biggest games. Actually, as a listener, as was, was, um, active and blind who said it. And um, I feel that Lucas Moura doesn't matter who we're playing against. He doesn't care. He plays the same every single time. And he's always, he's always positive in the way which he plays. And that's admirable. It's an admirable trait. We want we want players like him, even if 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 Lucas Moura isn't good enough, and we want to find someone someone like um, Saint Maximin. Like, you know, he he is like like you say, he is he is direct. He is he tries to change things. He does things that most players won't are, are unwilling to do. And he might lose a ball every now and then, but I want him. In, I want him there. I, I wanna I wanna watch him play for Spurs. If he's if he's on the pitch, I feel like. We can do something. I, 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 I've got no, no comments about the negative aspects of Lucas Morris' uh, Lucas Morris' game at all. Um, got a question here f- uh, from Nathan Plevin. He says, uh, "Do you believe that Spurs fans are among the most negative fans out there?" I do. After yesterday's impressive performance and ne- the amount of negativity going around, is mind-boggling. Spurs seem to only concentrate. Spurs fans seem to only concentrate on the negative things about a promising performance. It's draining. It is draining, Nathan. What I would say to you is that most Spurs fans don't, aren't completely negative, and Twitter will do that to you. Is that fair to say, John? 
Tea. lost John. Doesn't matter. <laughs> T. Well, um, I think that every football, every set of football fans are the same, and it's a bit like when I, mean, I saw this tweet the other day, going slightly off tangent. That in London, when you go to rage, people don't dance; they just go there to floss and take pictures and look on Instagram. And it's a bit like with our fans; they don't want to be seen to think that Spurs are this great side. They want to be seen to see all the faults in Tottenham, see all the faults in Enix, see all the faults in our players. Well, Kane's not that good as he was two seasons ago. Pigment's on a streaky, all these things that don't need to be said. They don't tend to praise the, the good things about Tottenham. I mean, I'm guilty of it as well. I'm not going to... I've got that. I've got the level of self-awareness where, you know, I know that I do that, that sort of shit. But, um... Oh, it's just, it's just human nature. It's not, it's not a Spurs thing. It's just human nature to just... See yourself as above enjoying what you should really enjoy. Okay, uh, we're going to round up here, T. But before we we go, I want to I want to sort of get your you know if you're being the most optimistic version of yourself, what can Spurs do this season? Uh, fourth. That would be amazing. That would be incredible. It's possible. It is John? Are, we, are you back? I think I'm back. I, I was trying to cut in. Um, you were saying something, and I was like, "How is he not hearing me? I'm, I'm fucking, I'm going, really making a point here, and he's just ignoring me." And then I realised I was cut off. <laughs> I like the fact that you're just in your room talking to no one. <laughs> Literally, because I was looking out the window trying to make a point. And there was a little gap, so I thought I was in talking, <laughs> and I was just going, "Yeah, you know, the thing about it." And then I was like, "Why is he? Why are you fucking interrupting me? I'm halfway through my point." And then I realised that you couldn't hear me, but it, it just looked like you could hear me. So yeah, sorry about <laughs> okay. that. Okay, uh, all right. So you, you probably heard me just ask the question from to. to about where we can finish this season he said fourth in the most optimistic sense and I would take that all day and we all would oh like, that would be incredible but what, what, in, your, in your most optimistic mind what can Spurs do similar like fourth yeah for, like most optimistic the, the best we can absolutely the, the pinnacle at the minute is fourth and like if you'd have asked me a couple of weeks ago when United were flying, I'd have been like, well, the top four is kind of not done, but it's looking like those are the four best teams. But they're, they're having a bit of a wobble and we just could could just be everyone else. Like we, we're probably like between the sort of sixth and fourth best team in terms of like on our day. We've just got to be consistent. If we just beat everyone that's worse than us and then get pick up a couple of decent results against the bigger sides, who knows? Yeah. Like, why not? Shoot for the stars. It makes life a lot more enjoyable if you're optimistic than it we, does. If you're like, oh, shit, we're going to finish 10th. Fuck that. We talked about this on the the Five Statements and Patreon podcast with Cal after the game. And if you want to join us on, on Patreon, you can. There's loads of podcasts. We're doing loads. Absolutely fucking shit loads. You want Tottenham content? This is where you should be. Patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash the fighting core podcast you can listen to all of the good shit we do um but we talked about um what 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 it might mean if we beat leeds west ham and manchester united and that's a massive like that that would be dream world sort of uh, scenario you know that'd be winning <clears throat> what we won five that'd be eight out of 11 <laughs> which is probably league winning form um but if 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 we do that, if 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 we do that, John, we we got to be guaranteed for top four. And <laughs> are we good yeah. enough to do that? Are we good enough to beat Leeds? Are we good Leeds at home, West Ham away, and Manchester United at home? I think that's our our run. I mean, 
Yes, like we are good. Like we we've beaten those teams in the last couple of seasons. Like we are capable of beating pretty much well everyone in the league. So, so yeah, like why not? I mean, uh, uh, this is the thing though, right? If we don't, if we if we lose those three, it'll be back to how it was three games ago, where we'll be back in the you know Nuno dead, everyone's a cunt, um, get out my club. This is the nature of football at the minute. So while it's on the table, we've got to look at it positively. Just go into it thinking like, yeah, come on, let's bring it on. Like. I'm looking forward to the next few games, and I, and I haven't been. So it, we've definitely turned a corner in terms of that. I'm, I'm really looking forward to like watching us play again, which is, for me, is the biggest thing, mate, to be honest. Uh, that's been the Fighting Cod Podcast. Thank you, T. Thank you, John. You're a pair of legends. Pleasure. And, uh, yeah, we'll uh, see you at the end of the week when we put out another podcast. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. It's the fighting. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.